get spooky. Welcome. This is Double Stuff Cinema, episode 52. I am one of your hosts, Andrew. I'm Shrey, and instead of Neil and Tyler this week, we've got two first-time guests on Double Stuff Cinema. Uh, I'll let them introduce themselves. I'm Isabel. <laughs> All right. <laughs> nice. I don't have anything else to say about myself. Not that interesting. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, hi, I'm Jade. Um, I don't have exactly any film expertise, but I will say that I watch movies all the time. I've seen this movie about three or four times, mm-hmm. um, and I'm really excited to talk about it. Yeah. So uh, in case you didn't read the title of the podcast before you clicked on it, we're going to be talking about the Rocky Horror Picture Show today. It's the first in a series of three episodes about spooky movies that we're doing this October. Um we picked Isabel and Jade because they kind of have a little bit of special expertise in this movie, uh, <laughs> as far as I know. Uh, so, Isabel, why don't you explain your background with this first? Okay, I first saw this movie like three or four years ago. Um, my mom grew up when it was really popular, and she used to go every Friday with her friends, do the whole, you know, in-person dress-up thing. They had special characters and all that stuff, so it's kind of a family thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my best friend and I fell in love with it and watched it all the time, and now it's one of my favorite movies, so it's kind of mm-hmm. where I come from. And Jade, what about you? Oh, gosh, I feel horrible. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so I watched this movie the first time when I was eight. And um, I watched it with a friend of mine who was obsessed with it. And -hmm. I remember watching it and just going like, what is going on? And I went home and I told my mom that I watched it. And she's like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Did you actually watch that? And she was just like flabbergasted. My mom absolutely despises this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, I guess Isabel and I have very different views on this movie. (laughs) and yeah, it's it's also not my favorite as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I think like the first time I ever heard about this movie was uh, watching The Perks of Being a Wildflower uh, because that's like a minor plot point in the movie where Logan Lerman's character like goes to the show with Emma Sto- or Emma Watson's character. Um, but I didn't end up watching it until I met Isabel last year. And it was like one of the few things that I like knew about her is was that like she loved Rocky Horror a lot. Um, so she got me and her roommate to watch it together. And uh, it, w- it was maybe like one of the first things we ever watched together or maybe one of like the only things we watched as a group. <laughs> and it was a really strange watching experience and a really strange movie. But, you know, there were some positives and some negatives. We'll get into that later. But then um, we the second time I watched it was for a. Uh, uh, class that I took last semester uh with Jade where we were it was like adaptations from literature to film and we watched Rocky Horror in that class as an adaptation of Frankenstein and that was another very interesting uh, in-class viewing experience so we'll get into that a bit later as well but Andrew uh had you heard about this before I told you we were doing this topic 
Yeah, so I'd heard about it a few times, but I didn't know much about it. I think one time our cross country coach was talking about like mm-hmm. going to one of the like in person events. I don't know exactly. I don't know what to call them. Yeah. Um, like, one of the like live showings, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and so that was like pretty much all I heard of it. And then I told my mom I was gonna watch it, and she like freaked <laughs> out because she loves it, I guess. And nice. I was like, okay. So I watched it today actually uh-huh. and it was my first time watching it it was definitely an interesting experience i was really confused to be honest yeah but, um we, yeah. we touched on this a couple <laughs> of times and isabel you said your mom has firsthand experience with it uh do you want to kind of touch on you know this whole in-person experience with the movie yeah sure so like obviously it's a cult classic it's it's got a big like originally like everybody hated it that's like kind of the purpose of it and then it became a midnight movie and so people started going and it became like this whole thing of like wearing costumes and live actors like reenacting it while it was playing and things like that and it has all these like special traditions with it and stuff and so for me like like even though like it's not like I get to go to live showings all the time and things like that especially right now but like Mm -hmm. that's one of my favorite parts about it is just that it has such a culture behind it and like I think it's really interesting that like for like especially for our parents generation like that was a really big part of like the whole thing for it was like getting to dress up and like have fun with your friends and it was this kind of like weird fun thing that everybody did mm-hmm. i think it's really cool it, it came out uh, in 1975 i think right yeah i i do remember um seeing the poster that you ended up getting for it to put in your dorm and so uh, <laughs> this summer there's like a different pair of jaws and it's referencing the original jaws poster which came up like the summer before so i think like the timeline matches up for you know like about 10 years later when your parents are a bit older like they get to go and see it um jay do you want to explain the plot to people who may be a bit confused i know it's going to be very difficult to explain the plot of this movie (laughs) yeah um (laughs) yeah this plot i mean i guess briefly um it starts off with this couple brad and janet and they break down on the side of the road Mm -hmm. and um you know they pop a tire or whatever and so they walk to this like huge creepy typical mansion um Mm -hmm. and they pretty much just get swept into the world of doc and dr frankenfurter um who is a sweet transvestite from transylvania Mm-hmm. um and, oh, yeah. and yeah and things just <laughs> and just like chaos ensues from there and um yeah I guess chaos is kind of the best like word I could use to describe the rest of the movie because it's such an like a nonsensical experience yeah it's like maybe 90 minutes and it's pure chaos for like yeah after the first 10 minutes like 10 minutes it's like it seems like a normal movie and then it just goes completely off the rails for the rest of the time. Uh, Andrew, what were some of your first impressions watching this today? Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> okay. So I did think the music was pretty good in the movie. Mm-hmm. The time warp song is like, classic. you know, it's a, yeah. it's a classic. It's in just dance. So I know what it was. Um <laughs> Yeah, so I like the music. Other than that, I was just kind of like, I don't know. I was kind of trying to figure out what was going on the whole time. So, like, <laughs> I felt like I was a little bit behind everything. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. That was just kind of how I felt most of the movie. Yeah, I, I definitely like uh, had that feeling of trying to constantly catch up the first time we were watching it. I think the first time I watched it, we weren't even like fully paying attention to it. Um, so we didn't really get everything that was going on. So like scenes would change and it's like a completely new set of characters in the scene doing a bunch of weird stuff. And it's super disorienting. Yeah. Um, one of the big, big things that surprised me, like other than the music being like surprisingly good, was like some of the cast members that are in this. Like I knew Tim Curry played uh, Dr. Frankenfurter, but I didn't know Susan Sarandon was Janet. So like when she's on screen, it took me like a few minutes to realize that. And then when Meatloaf shows up as like a biker, like halfway through and he's there for like five minutes and then he dies. He like sings a musical number and then he's like killed with an ice pick. But yeah. yeah, I think it also did have a lot of funny moments that I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Even if like the whole thing didn't really do it for you. I think there's like at least one yeah. scene that like everyone will find actually funny. Yeah. I, yeah. I like that it was funny, but a lot of times they were very short-lived, mm-hmm. at least for me. But... Yeah, I you can definitely, like, um, see how this translates well to, like, a live audience performance, you know? Like, it definitely feels like a improv, like, stage play or something, you know, where everyone just seems like they're making up new plot points and stuff, um, even though I definitely believe that it was part of the script and it's just written that weird. Yeah. Uh, Jaden Isbell, do you remember some of your first impressions from this? What, like the first time you saw this? Yeah, Isbell, you want to start? <laughs> <laughs> sure. So, like, it was obviously like a while ago for me, but I mean, like, yeah, like the first time you watch it is definitely like really just trying to understand what is happening and like keeping track of the characters and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, even now, like when I rewatch it, I'm like, wow, I didn't remember this entire plot point. Like, this yeah. came out of nowhere which I really like because I get something new out of it every time I watch it. But it's really just, it's super absurd, which is yeah. I, what I like about it. I think it's really fun. And watching it for the first time, it's like you're shocked, to be honest, for a lot of it because it's like you really don't expect anything. And the fact that it's a musical, like I, yeah. it's just a whole different kind of watching experience. But. A big thing uh, we were talking about in our Nolan episodes before was like the rewatchability of those movies where like Nolan's plot points are so complex that you like have to rewatch it to get something new every time here. It's not like really complex. Like it's more just confusing on purpose, which I think does. It is a good rewatchability. Like you said, as well, because you're definitely going to remember something every time (laughs) and then completely forget about it by the next time you've seen it. What about you, Jay? Yeah, yeah. Um, for me, again, I first watched it when I was eight years old. I don't. Mm-hmm. All I remember thinking was like, again, I have no idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. I was eight. I didn't even know what like sex was. <laughs> so all of these like super like you know sexually liberating scenes with all these characters. I was just you know small town girl from Wisconsin. I was like, I don't know what's going on. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like rewatching it as an adult. Um, again that like not so much confusion as it was just like disorientation um and I always like to compare it to like um Jordan Peele's Get Out like Get Out is disorienting in a way that like when you're done with it you're like wow and for me like Rocky Horror when I get done with it I'm just like where did my like last hour go type thing that's 
that's how it's different from me. I definitely mm-hmm. agree that like every time you watch it, you get something different. Yeah. But it, it's I don't know if I get like more meaning out of it. I just like pick up more details, if that makes sense. You pick up more details and then you forget about all of them by the next time you watch it. Yeah. 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 Where so it doesn't it like it doesn't stick with me as much because it's just so absurd and it like to me it, it doesn't have a ton of meaning. Like there's a couple of like allusions to you know bigger concepts, but mostly it's just kind of like random. So yeah. yeah. Uh, before we get into a bit of what uh, Jade was hinting at, uh, let's let's talk about some of the positives in the movie, like stuff that we really enjoyed. You know, Isabel, I think you have a lot to say about this, probably, <laughs> considering this is like your second favorite movie. <laughs> yes, I okay. One of my favorite parts is the soundtrack. I think mm. it's amazing. I listen to it all the time, like without watching the movie. I just really enjoy it. I think it's really fun. I know like all the words. I just, it's fun. <laughs> um, and for me, like you were talking about the randomness. That's like one of my favorite parts about it. I just really like that it's so weird. And mm-hmm. like, especially that it became such like a popular thing, even though it's like so crazy. I think I just think it's really cool that it became such a like culturally significant thing. Mm-hmm. Um and the costumes, I really like the costumes and the set throughout like the variety stuff. And um can't remember what they're called, but just all those people that were just like there for a lot of it, they were just yeah. around and they come and go and they're always dressed really weird and mm-hmm. I just I like how absurd it is. I like the colors also. It's really vibrant throughout. It it really feels like it's made on a budget, but also like that they've made every every cent of that budget like has gone yes. into the movie cuz it yeah. like it you can feel there's production design, but you can also feel like it's a bit like, you know, it's campy. rough and ready. Yeah, it's yeah, very yeah. campy. It is hands down one of the campiest movies of all time. Oh yeah. Yeah. definition of campy yeah mm-hmm. for sure <laughs> love it um i really like um I, I definitely agree with you on all those points like i love the coloring they use in it um like contrasting kind of some of the sets they had um you know if you compare like when they first come into the mansion and then they go into these different rooms with these dancings like the coloring gets different depending on where you are the outfits like you said and then like the bedrooms that you know brad and janet go into are darker and Mm -hmm. yeah no i definitely like agree with all of that and the other thing i will say that i do really like about this movie is i love how they shot the pool scene at the end which um is right like after the um you know they do the like cabaret uh dance which i think is really popular with the in-person show i might be wrong about that um, but the way they shot the pool scene was really creative. And again, like you can tell the movies on the budget, but they really put a lot of work into that. And mm-hmm. for what they had, I thought it looked fantastic. All the angles they used and um, the choreography or the, I'm saying that wrong, but um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that I will say like, I really love that scene. Yeah. I, I really love, um, Tim Curry's performance I don't think we really touched on that but I feel like it's like the essential Tim Curry role behind like maybe Clue uh he's like so insane in this so like unhinged it's exactly what you'd expect from a performance from him and he's just like fully invested in his character 100 percent 
which is what makes it so much more fun to watch him, you know? Yeah. I forgot Tim Curry was in Clue. I was just thinking of Home Alone yeah. 2 last in New York right away. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, but totally. I definitely agree with that. Like, it's a very Tim Curry movie for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Every time he's on screen, like, you're watching him because yes. he's having the most fun in the movie, even though, like, it's very obvious that everyone is having fun and, like, having the time of their life. He is having the most fun with his character. Yeah, he's got like a presence about him that in any movie, it's just like your attention goes directly to him. He he's such a funny like person that it translates so well into all of his characters. Yes. Yeah. Totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. Andrew, what were some of the things you appreciated in this? Yeah, I know you guys talked about this set a little bit, but I really liked uh, Doctor Frankenfurter's lab. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It was very pink, and that was cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it had like Roman marble statues, or maybe Greek. I don't. Roman. I that's not my my forte, but yeah. those were cool too. And then they had that like big tank. Well, before they like show everything, it's covered in like red drapes, mm-hmm. so it's kind of mysterious. And then it also fits in with the pink color scheme, which is nice. Um, but then they have like the big rainbow colored tub mm-hmm. and there are definitely a lot of colors which you guys talked about before and he has that like whole panel on the wall with all those like buttons and levers I just yeah. thought that set piece like is just super cool the whole thing how they made it and they use that set like for quite a few scenes too I think like they come back there three or four yeah. times for like extended sequences I feel like we're there for at least a third of the movie. Mm-hmm. And it's good because it's for a cool, sure. it's a funny yeah. set too. It's, you know. Yeah, it is funny. <laughs> yeah. I think also, like, def- go ahead, Jade. Yeah, I definitely think that, like, we were talking about, like, those bright colors, like the pinks and everything, and, um, like, the beautiful sculptures. It definitely juxtaposes with, like, Dr. Frankenfurter's, like, intentions. Mm-hmm. Like, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, he made himself a sex slave um, in that room, like, essentially. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I really just think that that was just a smart idea on, like, the part of the set designer, the set director, Mm -hmm. um, because you have all these, like, fantastical things, but there's a lot of, like, sinister, like, plot lines that are kind of muddled that you don't really see once you get into the plot. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh we so we watched this in our class is like in the context of it being a frankenstein uh adaptation <laughs> which is like something that i never would have considered until like we brought it up in that class and i totally see it now but it's like it's a very different frankenstein adaptation from mostly anything you've seen because you know like uh in the original frankenstein he creates the monster as like um you know just to show that he can create life or whatever like as part of his ego but here it's like um the, re- the reflection of loneliness in Frankenstein is like uh, instead he's creating a companion rather than just like a monument, which is a very uh, it's uh, very emblematic of like the themes in the movie. You know, like Jade was talking about, like the very overt sexuality throughout the whole thing, which is very it was interesting to finally look at it in that perspective. And as you said, the set design definitely reflects that. Yeah, I mean, like going off that, too, it's kind of interesting uh, how you were talking about how, you know, uh, Dr. Frankenfurter, like, created a companion. 
mm -hmm. when you read the novel Frankenstein, for which it's kind of an adaptation of, Frankenstein is the one who's looking for a companion. So it's kind of like yeah. flopping roles in that sense too, which is kind of cool, which I never really thought about before. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like looking at this movie through that lens definitely like gives it another layer on top of everything that's going on yeah. which is super fun i think mm -hmm. yeah i'm pretty sure when uh the film was like written or developed it was meant to be a parody of like horror movies from the time and like frankenstein yeah. and things like that so it definitely fits in mm -hmm. it was also it one of the benefits of having seen it before you like watch it with a group of people who have never seen it is like watching people's reactions as crazy stuff yes, goes down. Yes. <laughs> Cause you know, like um, I think it makes you appreciate those scenes a bit more, you know, or appreciate the madness a bit more because you have at least an idea of what's happening. Everyone's like, all right, well, this is the most insane thing that's going to happen in this movie. You know, <laughs> we'll just wait like another minute. Cause then you're going to be topped again, which I think yeah. is one of the, best things about the rewatchability of this yeah i felt like that during our class ray mm -hmm. when we when we watched <laughs> this movie in class and um the people sitting next to us were just kind of like what the hell is happening yeah. and like i just sat back and i was like just wait till the end <laughs> yeah. of the movie <laughs> so yeah that's i love that <laughs> every minute of it oh go ahead as well a big reason why I like watching it with other people or like introducing my friends to it is just to like see their reactions and like that kind of stuff. And like, that's definitely a big reason why I want you to watch it, Shrey, is I was like, mm -hmm. this guy really likes movies. Let's, let's <laughs> yeah. see what he has to say about this one, you know? I, I definitely think like the first time I watched it, I was like, all right, well, maybe like that's enough of Isabel's movie recommendations for the year. <laughs> 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 like, I think we're set on that end. And then. Uh, watching it again with other people was like it's kind of like uh, you know watching cats uh, I saw mm -hmm. cats for the first time oh in theaters gosh. and I was like that th this is hell like there's no way you can watch this and then you like think about it and you're like well if I watch this with other people nobody's gonna have a clue of what's going on except for me and that's such a fun thing to do like you know watching instead of like really watching the movie you're more observing other people's reactions which I think is a really fun thing in movie going you know when you have a movie that can do that for you you don't have to really pay attention to the movie after you've already seen it once yeah Trey, i would like to point out that i have successfully avoided watching cats for well, like nine andrew, months now andrew hbo longer Max than has that. cats now so you're coming over and you're watching cats. no 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 it's yeah. okay i don't have hbo <laughs> well i do so you can come here andrew <laughs> I, I will be planning a cat's watch along, which everyone is invited to. So yeah. Shrey, I'm not coming. I haven't I haven't seen that movie either. I've been avoiding it. <laughs> we yeah, we did see. do a full episode on that, but uh the four people that we had on that pad, on that podcast, we went opening night. Um we were the only go. four people in the theater for that movie. Oh, and no. <laughs> Yeah. Opening night. Only that. four people in the movie. So nice. it's just a bit of a hint of what that movie's about, but Back to Rocky Horror. Um, anybody got any more fun stuff they'd like to talk about before I think Andrew absolutely eviscerates this movie? Well, I don't have that much <laughs> stuff to say about it, Trey. You I promised me that. Anyway. I'm not going to. No, I just said I thought I might people make people mad at me. All right. Isabel, what, what else did you have? Uh, I just wanted to uh, talk a little bit about 
what an influence it had like on the LGBTQ community and mm -hmm. like how revolutionary it was like at that time to like have a movie where people were just like dressing however they wanted and doing whatever they wanted and like that that was like really liberating for a lot of people and I think that's also really cool especially like for the time that it came out like mm -hmm. and that everybody was like going along with it and they were like yeah this is great like I'm gonna wear fishnets to go see this showing and I'm totally cool with that and like it really like mm -hmm. opened a lot of people up to that I think uh, yeah. especially at that time I just think that's cool yeah uh, <laughs> I think that um scene with uh what, what's the dude's name uh, Brad Brad and uh yeah, what's her name Brad. Janet uh, yeah. where they both like have their own encounters with uh <laughs> Dr. Frankenfurter that's another like funny scene, but I think it's also like a very big scene in terms of what Isabel's talking about. You know, like uh, it's opening yeah. people up to like accepting that kind of stuff in media, which I think is big. Uh, I think the guy who wrote it, uh, he wrote like a couple of sequels or something too. They they weren't like directly related, but they were also like kind of related. But they were definitely not as big as this, and they dealt with a lot of the same themes, but. This is definitely like the biggest, most influential piece. Like, I think it was uh, selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry by the Library yeah. of Congress in 2005. So, a very big Good movie. Stuff. Yeah. So, I'm surprised if people <laughs> haven't heard of it, I'm surprised they haven't, you know. All right, Andrew. Yeah, I like. Oh, go uh, ahead. She can talk. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, Jen. Oh, me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, going off of like what Isabel said about like the LGBT uh, LGBTQ plus community, like I totally like agree. Like for the time, like this was a really groundbreaking thing. But I also think it was very toxic in the sense that it really perpetuated and started the normalization of like putting the LGBTQ plus community, like specifically trans people, in like these villainous roles you mm -hmm. know because when i look at dr frankenfurter you know you know i kind of like see he's the bad guy he murders people like he makes this sex slave he's you know doing yeah. all this stuff he like feeds the remains to like his guests and stuff like that like mm, he's true. this villainous person and so i think like through a 2020 lens at least like this movie came out today it would totally be like i don't want to say shamed but it definitely wouldn't be received well like, i think of like jk rowling i don't know if you guys have heard about this yep. but she's got yeah. this new book or whatever and she makes yeah. like this uh person who cross-dresses like the villain and it kind of reminds me of this and so that's like one of the biggest like turnoffs i have is like because D dr frankenfurter is so fun in the way that like uh tim curry plays with the sexuality of the character and the way the script does it but it's just so hard to get past like the fact that it he's a bad person you know mm -hmm. and so i definitely think that that like pep perpetuation of like that villainous you know like oh you got to be scared of the lgbtq people yeah um it definitely has those elements to it as well so i feel like it's just kind of a hard line to cross yeah. i guess like hindsight is 2020 as always mm -hmm. but i don't know i just like now it's hard for me to support it because mm -hmm. even though like back then it was seen as revolutionary like now like i think that it like probably caused a lot of harm as well for the communities mm -hmm. so yeah 
I think a big part of it is also like Dr. Frankenfurter's like I think part of the good part is like he's a sympathetic character, you know, like there he has those feelings of loneliness which are like kind of a universal theme and it's kind of like it's humanizing um, you know, a community that uh people like would hate on, you know, and villainize as we were talking about. So I definitely see a lot of the negatives, but I also see like where some of the progress for it in media comes from, you know. Although I definitely agree. I think like uh, if this had come out now instead of before, it definitely would not have been as well received. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it already wasn't well received in 1975. Yeah. 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 I just like even some of the language they use, like obviously now it wouldn't be well received. So it's just like it's such a hard line because obviously Mm -hmm. like we live in today where like society wouldn't accept some of the stuff that it that the movie perpetuates but for back then like it was really empowering for people mm-hmm. in that community so it's 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 very it's it's just such a hard line for me personally yeah. because of that like kind of conflicting um you know ideals that they have in the movie and that they're like giving off to their audience mm-hmm. it, it's definitely a very interesting product of its time you know like to see yes. how it went from like being the negatively received thing it is it was like being the cult classic it is now and then like mm-hmm. kind of looking at it through the modern lens you know how would it be received now yeah mm-hmm. i also think it's interesting what you're saying about frankenfurter being the villain because that made me think about the fact that i don't actually see him as that much of a villain really <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, okay. i don't know what movie you saw as well no he does horrible things the whole time i'm not saying he's a good person horrible person like, for sure. But, like, when I watch the movie, I don't, like, pin him as the villain. Like, for me, it's, like... Because He's just he, another character. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, everything's so absurd, and everybody's doing such crazy things that I don't really see him as, like, the main villain, I guess. Like, I don't know. He's just another character doing crazy things for me. I think, I, like... I, I think that's interesting. By, by the time you get to the end of the movie, like, spoilers, but, like, you, you kind of get the idea that he isn't the main villain. Like, you know, uh, it's his two, like, hench people that are actually, like, the people who are, uh, I think they're Martians or something. But yeah. they're, like, they really, stage like, a coup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they're yeah. Transylvanian, Shrey. Oh, yes. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> From okay, another I planet. Watched, I just watched the movie. Yeah. I, I got I it a, all in my I have a bit of seven months true. of, you know, other stuff going up <laughs> in there. Yeah. You're losing the details. Yeah. I'm not sure I ever had the details to begin with, to be honest. I don't know. Just for me, like, I think a big part of the plot is that everybody does bad things or things they view themselves as bad. You Mm -hmm. know, like, Janet cheats on her husband and she's like, you know, like, oh, I'm an awful person or whatever. And, like, everybody has a moment where they do something that they don't like about themselves or things like that, or they do something that would make them villainous. And so I just kind of saw Frankfurter as the extreme of that. Mm-hmm. Throughout it definitely yeah. like plays into like them being a big ensemble cast where like, mm-hmm. I don't feel like they're like, I don't think Brad and Janet are really protagonists either. Like, I don't feel like there's really protagonists yeah. or maybe like Frankenfurter is the closest that you would come to a protagonist, even if he is really like, antagonistic in his nature yeah i very much I, I agree with isabel on this just because you know the way he's portrayed he's doing all these bad things but he's such a vibrant guy that mm-hmm. 
I feel like you learn the most about him, and it's sort of like an anti-hero almost, where he's like doing all these bad things, but you really kind of, I don't know, you're, I, I feel like I was almost rooting for him. He, he has like even though very, I'm like, like human like i wasn't rooting for him but i was like you know i kind of like this guy he comes yeah. off as very human know. like you, you yeah know, like despite the fact that he's like doing all these crazy things you kind of are like okay like i kind of see where he's coming from but, sometimes yeah, but, <laughs> the loneliness is like, like really oh, like <laughs> the loneliness is like really what drives home like his humanity you know like it's a very yeah universal feeling that everyone can identify with so mm-hmm. i think that's what par- part of what makes him such an appealing and like sympathetic character yeah. despite and that what's what makes people like look past his uh evil stuff that he does yeah you know? all the killing because he is literally like an evil all doctor yeah yeah <laughs> okay mm-hmm. i have a totally different lens on what you guys just said yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't know i always kind of saw him as kind of like a cult leader you know like he's yep. got like kind of this band of people who just kind of are like afraid yeah. of him and will do anything he says and so like i understand where you're coming from where he does have like aspects about him that are humanizing but i think that's just what makes a good villain like if you don't mm-hmm. have a villain that has like a reason for what they're doing it's like it's boring you know it's like disney like jafar and aladdin like you're just you know um so i think that's what i think those aspects make him a better villain as opposed to like a hero um i really i really think that um you know janet and brad like blame all of their bad behavior on dr frankenfurter and the situation they're in Mm -hmm. but i think it's more of like He's like a chaotic evil is how I describe him where he like, like he generates like this energy Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, makes people do stuff that they wouldn't naturally do, which makes like, he brings out like the negative aspects of that and Janet. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, is it's still like kind of hypocritical of them because at the beginning of the movie, they're like this, you know, like white picket fence couple, like perfect. And now they're kind of hypocrites for doing all this stuff and they're blaming it on Dr. Frankenfurter, but it's still not his fault, even though like maybe he kind of pushed it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still like their decision to do these things. So I don't know. I, yeah, I just I can't see any heroes in this movie. The only person Definitely. that I was the only person that or character I was rooting for was uh dr Frank- frankenfurter's creation what rocky. is his name rocky, rocky yeah rocky. yeah rocky is the only awesome. character yeah. that i was like you're an angel <laughs> you are innocent you are perfect let's get you out of this horrible situation yeah and then he ended up like dying with like mm-hmm. essentially his creator like he was mm-hmm. the only character where i was like you yeah. are pure yeah. like, he tried to save him too or yeah. recover his body i guess yeah after like him being chained up by him mm-hmm. like he was still like this innocent, like almost childlike figure, which is really gross for me to say, just because he's pretty much just used as a sex like slave. Yeah. yeah. But like he was the only character that I was like, get out of there, you know? Everybody else I was like, ugh. Yeah. I mean, there's that one time he tried to escape sorta. Of, and then there is like twenty dogs <laughs> after him. That was yeah. insane. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> and then that moment where like the henchman's like taunting him with the candlestick and everything yeah that was weird i don't yeah yeah i don't really know why that was happening but Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah riffraff was like okay but riffraff and like 
what is it like magenta is that their I name think so, yeah. yeah yeah those i did like them as a duo though because mm-hmm. like you could tell that there was something going on in the background with them yeah but it was just like confusing and then you get to the end and they're like these like i don't know like cia agents for the transylvania planet yeah the alien yeah. planet transylvania or whatever um so they definitely were super interesting but again i still didn't you know they weren't doing anything good <laughs> i it, it for me it was just rocky he was he was such a pure creature <laughs> yeah. well, i think that's his role too right he's supposed to be yeah. that contrast and it I, yes. it's very refreshing it's, it's nice to have him in there yes I I do I I think you know like I wouldn't call uh Frankenfur a hero but I think he is like the central character of the movie despite it being like titled after Rocky it's yeah all about Frankenfurter which is why uh he's characterized so well like you have all those things that you can identify with him because mm-hmm. he's the character that they focus the most on he's the catalyst for everyone else doing their own stuff you know so it kind of reminded me of, um, have you guys seen the new Netflix movie Devil All the Time with Tom yeah. Holland? Okay. Mm-hmm. Has everybody seen it? I don't want to spoil anything. I haven't seen it. But okay. I, I won't say anything that. to spoil it, though. <laughs> I won't say too much. But um, it just kind of reminded me, like, in both of these movies, like, all of the characters, I was like, whoa. Like, you're going too far. You know? Mm-hmm. Like... Where, or you're just a horrible person, or like you're yeah. a horrible character, and you don't care about anybody else but yourself. It, it's a social network. Every everyone's a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. much. It's it was a social like, oh. yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, and that can like you can still have a good movie with characters who are you know not good in nature. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that you know with this movie in particular. All the characters were bad, but there wasn't like a point to why they were bad. And maybe Isabel, yeah. you can kind of explain this a little bit for me since you are more well-versed than I am. But it just seemed like, like, what is the point, you know? And that's what I always miss with this movie. It, it's, it's really fun, but then it's like, at the end, it's like, okay, now just like none of this matters or you know what happens after and i think that's like the big question i mean for me like obvious what attracts me most most is the absurdity but i definitely do think there's some like bigger themes i guess for me a lot of it is about like people succumbing to their vices and things like that like this is like their raw state you know they were this this picture perfect couple and then in this state of turmoil they just collapsed and like they gave in to their own desires and things like that and it really was like a breakdown of their their perfection and Mm -hmm. then like that contrasted with the mania that was already going on um i think that was a really big thing that i got out of it and then also like what shrey's been saying like the loneliness of Frankenfurter and the fact that I think all of the characters were really lonely and they were just seeking companionship in their own ways. And like, you know, for Janet, dad ended up with cheating on her husband and things like that. Cause you know, like that, that was her uh, state of turmoil, I guess. And then for Frankenfurter, it was creating his monster. And then you have the duo and things like that. They were all just, you know, kind of seeking companionship in the mania i guess <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I think a big part of the appeal is that like um, there is no point, you know, like there are some of those larger human themes, but like this is one of those movies where there is literally no point other than yeah. for you to have like the wildest time possible yeah. watching it. You know, it it's, it's fully just to, like embrace everything about uh, like campiness in entertainment. Like, you know, like big resolution either. Like, you yeah, just like, face it. This is it. This is the movie. Yeah. <laughs> the, the plot just like happens and then the movie ends, you know? So yeah, yeah. I, I honestly don't think there is a point to the movie other than just like uh, be like a celebration of like all these like fun ideas and things that, uh, you know, the uh, filmmakers had. And I think that's part of the appeal. Like you can feel that like creative uh, wild spirit in the movie, especially like when you do the live showings with people like um, because there's that feeling of community that comes from it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it definitely is like about the experience. Experience, which is Definitely. why I think that it's yeah which I think it's so good as like a live show and like what they made the movie to be afterwards and like the community afterwards mm-hmm. it seems like that is like the biggest part that the movie was made for was to have that experience um, and obviously I've never been to a live show so I've never really had that live experience but I think for me, I'm just such an analytical person that when I get done with a movie, I want a message out of it, you know? Like, yeah. I'm okay if there's no resolution at the end, but I want to, like, what did I just spend two hours watching? And so I think, yeah. like, for people like me, it's so frustrating, and it's kind of just something that you have to accept, which I have, kind <laughs> of. Um, but... um yeah, I think like definitely it's just it's just nonsensical. It's just ridiculous. And you know, for people who love the experience like Isabel, you and your family, that's great. For me and my mom, <laughs> we're like, what is going on? You know? <laughs> I, I definitely think it's like a bad movie. Like it's not a good yeah. movie. <laughs> it is horrible. I, I don't know, like even if it's like well made outside of like music and like no. set direction, like I don't think like like it's, it's a, a ba- it's a bad script. There's like one or two good performances in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything else is just kind of a mess. But it's yeah. when all that comes together and you can like see the mess and the chaos is what makes it fun to watch. You know. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm yeah, very really glad we're on board. Yeah. yeah. There, there was just so much going on. Like they were trying to be satirical, like with Brad and Janet at the beginning, like with the wedding. And mm. then it went into this like otherworldly sci-fi thing. And I just felt like there was a lot they were just trying to pack in there. Mm-hmm. It's definitely like a building off of like, you know, pulpy novels too. You know, it's going with the most like outrageous things. And it's meant to like shock and challenge the audience, but not really for a reason just like yeah. we're gonna shock you just because we want to and there's gonna be absolutely think, no point to it yes i think if anything it was just like when you say that like there's no it's kind of like a piece of art you know yeah like all all movies are art, all film is art but this seemed like a piece and not like it wasn't conveying anything it's just like it's pretty and it challenged you and or challenges you and then it's it's there that's it you know yeah <laughs> Like, for some people, you could take away meaning from it, but for others, there is absolutely no meaning in this whatsoever. And I think that's what makes it um, such an interesting thing to watch. Yeah. 
everybody gets something different out of it, I think. Mm -hmm. And every time you watch it, you get something new. And with the culture around it, too. Yeah. Um, do you think if uh, live experiences come back in the future, do you think you'd probably go for one? Everyone. I know Isabel would definitely want to. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew and Jade? Uh, I mean, I don't think I would like choose to go on my own. I would probably yeah. go with friends if they were yeah. going. I don't it's know. It's definitely like character a go with friends thing. Be? That's the other thing is what I, character would everybody be? If you had to pick one when you're going, who are you being? Isabel, who are you being? I'm I gotta Odessa. think for a second. I have to re revive my mother's role, you know? Mm. So I'm Magenta all the way. I'm definitely a Janet. Like, I just, like, look like a Janet, um, mm. <laughs> which is super boring. But, like, that's what I would be. Um, I would definitely go to this, like, in person. I think it would be yeah. so fun as an experience. I just will not watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I won't yeah. watch it by myself. But I would love to, like, get into the community and, like, experience this as a show. I think that would be so cool. Mm -hmm. I definitely think it would be fun, like, Maybe on like a good day, like a very good day, I'd choose to be Doctor yeah. Frankenfurter. You know, like it takes <laughs> some special, it takes some special circumstances for that. But you know, maybe that would happen. But um, I think Brad would probably be an easy one. Or uh, what's what's the, the other narrator. henchman? You could be the narrator. Yeah, uh, I like I would, Space Age Riffraff. Yeah, Space yeah. Age Riffraff. Andrew would kill Space Age Riffraff. I think okay. I'd be a good narrator. If I could get like a three-pronged golden thing. Yeah, you can make that. Easy. Yeah. All right. Well, before we wrap it up, does anyone have any final thoughts they'd like to take us out with? If not. Yeah. I mean, or... I would I would say that like watch it. Like it's I think it's something that everybody should experience. Mm -hmm. And if you don't like it, choose not to experience it again like me yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, it's definitely something like you should watch like create an opinion on it before you choose not to watch it yeah, yeah you know for sure yeah and it's culturally significant you know like you yeah yes know what's up. Watch, also watch it with friends don't watch it on your own yeah watch I, it with, like people watching it with friends is good yeah and watch it like if you're over the age of 16 because my eight-year-old self was completely lost on everything so yeah, that's, um, that's another suggestion i would have <laughs> yeah for sure well isabel and jade thank you so much for joining us thank you for um, having us yeah thanks course. for having us yeah uh, if, if this is your first time listening to the podcast uh feel free to head over to itunes leave us a positive review five stars help us be found by more people uh, get some of our merch from Redbubble. We got a link in the description, or you can just look us up on Redbubble. But uh, other than that, this has been Double Stuff Cinema. See you next time. Get spooky.